Disney. I think it's Pixar movie called Inside Out. And you and I watched it together with uh, your girlfriend in Spain, maybe five years ago. It's older than that. Do you remember this movie? Mm, of course. Yeah. I think it, I, it's, it's a children's movie. I've I watched guess. it a few times, I think. Yeah. Also with Alec and Rosie. Yeah. All right. I think it's brilliant. I can still watch clips on uh, YouTube because there are quite a few just ads about this. Inside Out is called. And it's basically every emotion has its own character. Yeah. So you meet anger, you meet melancholy, you meet... Um, joy. Joy, of course. Uh, and a few anxiety, I think, or anxious. Fear. Fear, fear yeah. maybe? Yeah, yeah, fear, probably. Yeah. And and they all, of course, visualized in a in, in a very, very well in yeah, the... Yeah, um, it's an amazing film. In the yeah. movie. But also the way that the whole film is built. Yeah. Seeing which emotion is steering the brain. So who's in charge? Yeah. And what does that mean? Yeah. And then there is this uh, commentary going on. Yeah. So you understand the situation. It's such a great way to get into talking about emotions, either, you know, amongst adults or, of course, with your children. So, great one. Yeah. And um, I think we, uh, we, have, uh, we have talked a lot about emotions over the years, the role of emotions. Yeah, and it's, it's one of those other ones, you know, we're into sort of three years of podcasting without talking about emotions. It's like unbelievable, really, that we got that far without having this as a topic. Mm. Especially you. I mean, this is really, really essential to your... I mean, this is really important to you, I think. There is uh, an author who I rate very highly, and I, I, I believe that she is the authority in this, in this field, um, Lisa Feldman Barrett. Uh, she's written um, more than one book, mm. and... Um, She's on many podcasts and uh, lectures, so anyone who's interested, I would I would go to her. But if I talk about emotions, my my learnings come from reading her work. Mm. I think she's explained it so well, so well. Um, and um, I think the first thing here that really came to me is, you know, what is a role of an emotion, and are we proactive or reactive? And she's very clear on the fact that it's we're not reactive. The emotion is there because the brain is budgeting energy. That's what the emotion is for. So the role of the brain is to budget energy, to send whatever, you know, it's the right word for sending energy around to muscles and uh, making us do things. So, you know this, glucose. Glycogen. Glycogen, that's it. In the muscle. You know, where where to send that, where does it need to go? Mm. That's part of the whole emotional intelligence system. Mm. I think that's very, very cool. So say me a bit more about that. How does that work? This budgeting. Um, okay, let, let's just take take an emotion. This is probably the easiest way. Take an emotion. Um, what does it feel in your body when you're anxious? Where do you experience anxiety in your body? Here in my... Uh, I'm pointing at something. People can't see that, but here. I don't know what it's called. In the, abdominal. So in, yeah. in the abdominal area, so, yeah, so, so there's some high kind up, of high up there. Okay. Yeah. And how is that different from being hungry? Uh, the physical, the body sensation. Could be similar. 
could Actually, be similar. Yeah. Exactly. So this is the point. So the brain is making meaning out of something that's going on. So is it the fact that you're anxious or is it the fact that you're hungry? So mm. based on the situation, let's say it's quarter to 12, the, the, the brain will probably very quickly make the assumption that you're hungry and it will prepare the body for metabolism. Yeah. Mm. Mm. If it's the opposite, you're just about to go on stage. It's nine o'clock in the morning. You've had breakfast and you're about to go on stage and have a big presentation. The brain will tell you, no, you're nervous. And it will give you something else, which is the opposite to metabolizing food. So the emotions being a way of making meaning, or mm. the, the brain is making meaning of physical sensations that we call emotions. Mm. But the, the bodily experience is, is very often the same. Mm. So we can unpack an emotion and go into the physical experience of it to make meaning out of it. Mm. Yeah. So if you have an aching stomach, what does it mean? Well, it means that I'm hungry or I'm nervous and therefore you have an action, which is either metabolism or, you know, you get some extra cortisol. Yeah, adrenaline. To be adre yeah, to be ready, to be whatever. stage ready, yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. So the brain is regulating your body. And then there's this other thing about emotions, which is our way of communicating with people in general. Mm. So we have emotions and we can impact people around us by the emotions that we are carrying around. So this is more about our social belonging, you know, how, how do we impact others? Mm. Because we all, we all one basically. So we synchronize around emotions. So take, for example, a very dominant person coming into a room. If that person is happy or sad, it will have an impact on the rest. We will sort of adapt to what's going on. Yeah. It's a way of communicating. Without being aware of it necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. And you hear this all the time. Is this a good day to talk to him about? And people say, no, 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 no. He came in and he looked like, yeah? yeah? yeah, yeah, yeah. So you hear he, that. He looked like, he felt like. Yeah. You immediately know when somebody comes in a room, you know what their mood is. For yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, um, well, that's me that almost lecturing about. This is me raving about her work, basically. This yeah. is just a little snapshot of what she's writing about. And she's got so much fact to, to, to build up. Yeah. Uh, the whole emotional intelligence side. And but I think coming back to what we would normally talk about, you know, what, what's helpful, why, why is this interesting? I think the idea of becoming more articulate when it comes to your emotions, being more fine-tuned into how you put words to your emotions mm. is the first step to becoming more intelligent when it comes to using the emotions to work for you. So not to be hijacked or felt that we're being hijacked and think, oh, I'm just a victim of my emotions because that's, that's not how it works, actually. Mm. But the first thing is to be able to do what you did. You know, I'm feeling and not be too quick, but say, huh, okay, what is this all about? Why am I feeling I'm restless? And then if you very quickly just put it to, oh, I'm anxious about, really? Mm. Just stay with it and explore it more words to it and then try to get rid of it the anxiety because it's an unpleasant feeling hmm yeah good one I don't know why I react to get rid of because to me that sounds like it was unwanted because I believe we've had this discussion before I believe that it's super interesting with all emotions Sometimes we have we talk about negative positive emotions, I, but you now said pleasant, unpleasant. So mm. unpleasant we want to move away from, pleasant we want, we want to move towards. 
let's come back to that later. But how do you shift an emotion? Hmm. Well, it's it's energy in your body. So it takes, I can't remember now, it would be in the book, right? But it takes a certain amount of time to shift an emotion in your system because it's energy that needs to go somewhere. Hmm. <clears throat> and you can get rid of that energy by moving, for example, yeah. by laughing, by doing breath work, but it's energy that needs to be shifted. Mm. But first you need to, I think, I think not need to, but I think it's interesting to first understand the meaning. Why is it there? Yeah, get insights from the emotion. Mm. Learn from the emotion. Yeah. For me, there there is then a next step, which is if it's a negative emotion or an unpleasant emotion, then I would, there's a sort of a part two or a step two. So step one, learn from it get insight from it, decide on what it might mean for what you need to do in the future, you know, all that kind of stuff. Learning in the in the biggest sense of the world and then it worked and then part two would be and then let go. Let go. Get rid of it. Let go is probably a better word than get rid of it. Yeah. Get rid of it sounds a bit aggressive. It's more letting go because letting go is what will happen if you it it will it will move naturally out of the system but it you know it requires some technique i think because some people might go through this process and learn from the emotion but then it stays with them mm. for much longer than it's needed because the insight is already there so why would you stay with a negative mm-hmm. emotion if you are not learning from it anymore mm. there's a distinct you can distinguish here between letting go and suppressing so you saying what i believe in as well which is you picked up the message the emotion has served your your system. Mm. You have done what needs to be done. Mm. You made a decision, time to move on. Yeah. Whereas suppressing it is, oh, I don't want it. Yeah. Or I've been told, even if it's positive, oh, I don't want to be happy before I'm sure about, or I don't want to think about what makes me sad. So you're sort of suppressing something. Mm. That I think will come back and haunt you. Yeah. It will be in the body. So your bodily, physical intelligence will store yeah. suppressed emotions. Totally agree. Which then can get in the way of future well-being, but health actually, physical health as well. Yeah. And well, I think what I understand is that if you're in a situation where that's being triggered again, you might have a much bigger, larger reaction because yeah. you have stored yeah. uh, stuff basically yeah. in your system. Yeah, so you could say this is trauma, little yeah. trauma. Now we're talking trauma. about yeah. Now we're talking about something that is a bit outside what I'm comfortable talking about because I I haven't really studied trauma, yeah. trauma psychology or, or trauma therapy yeah. or anything. I so I don't want to say too much. But so all I'm talking about is what I picked up from hmm. the readings uh, from from Lisa Feldman Barrett. I would still probably say that. This this absolutely right. So there's a part one, part two. We learn from negative emotion, and we're, here we're talking about negative emotion, not positive emotion, um, which we can also learn from. But positive emotion, presumably, we don't want to let go of if we can just well, you know, stay with it for a bit. It's nice, right? There's something for me about. I'm quite happy. I don't have that much negative emotion. Do you think I miss out on learning because of that? Mm. It would be easy to say yes, right? Well, and then the question is, is that, I mean, so the the value of learning versus the value of feeling happy. Yeah, exactly. You know, I'm generally 
pretty the negative emotions are pretty absent not absent but they're not very often i don't have negative emotion very often i don't feel anger or anxiety or fear very often hardly at all but you do i've seen you be bored tired and sad yeah so tired is a physical what's the difference here well the difference is how how intense is the emotion what you were saying are high intensity emotions yeah what i was just saying for example being bored is a low intensity emotion being bored yeah so where do you feel that bored? being bored i don't think i'm bored very often so where do you feel that i think i feel more it would be more restless than bored in my system mm. and the feeling of so i don't i can't engage right now with boredom but with restlessness i can engage and that's a feeling of not knowing well the thinking is not knowing what to do in the body it's uh it's like moving small muscles yeah it's like you're in bed and you're a little bit too hot and you you want to itch but you're not itching it's just so funny because i was actually moving like that before you said that that Mm. that that's also where restlessness sits for me it's like this little movements yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so no boredom not very often tired physical feeling of tiredness sometimes you know after a long run what was the other one you mentioned sad sad yeah you can also just call it low energy yeah definitely sometimes not very often but yeah or uh, um, dissolutions so i do really then also want to so when i do have a feeling like that i yeah okay let's get the learning out of the way quickly and get rid of it Mm. sort of you know let go of it i think back to your question do you think are you missing out on anything when we talk high intensity, low intensity, whether it's positive or negative, because you were saying, oh, if you're in a positive, you want to stay. And I think this is a, uh, this is a trap because we, we sometimes talk about emotions being excited or uh, ecstatic or whatever it is. That is, that is something to aim for. Yeah. But a high intensity positive emotion is actually draining our energy mm. such uh, to the same extent that a negative mm. Yeah. high intensity emotion does so th- looking at the brain coming back to you know what are emotions for if we want to sustain and budget think about yourself as a cfo of your body you want to be very careful yeah. with how energy is being used yeah. high intensity emotions that's they cost a lot yeah yeah do we really want that well yeah. it's uh interesting to look at that we are wired differently right so personality wise there's five personality traits according to the big five and uh, two of those are about emotions. So one is about positive emotions, extroversion. So the higher we are on extroversion, the more likely would we, ex- we would be in experiencing positive emotions. And the other one, the, 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 the personality trait of negative emotions is neuroticism. So the higher we are in neuroticism, the more likely we are in our personality, so how we're made up as human beings, to experience negative emotions. And I'm pretty medium on extroversion, and I'm very, very low on neuroticism, extremely low. And you're probably a bit different, right? Yeah, it just made me think of um, someone we know, he works with recruitment. Because you could easily think that being very, very low on neuroticism must be great, because unpleasant, why would you want to be anxious and worry, and so on. But... You have said this before, you know, there's a reason for every personality to be part of humanity. And 
I, I remember this, this person, he said that, you know, if you recruit somebody who's very, very low or almost non-existent on neuro neuroticism, that is a problem mm. because they didn't get stressed over anything. Mm. It's always like, yeah, whatever. It doesn't mm. really matter. I'll fix that tomorrow. So there's a sort of a lack of conscientiousness almost, which is also a it's trait. A yeah. It's a different trait. I know yeah. that. But there's a lack of uh, drive or that final sort of performance push that, that yeah. neuroticism can sometimes give you. And I do think I'm a little bit higher than you. Yeah. I remember doing it and I'm, I'm lower than, I can't remember how you get these answers back, but I'm on the lower side of it, but I'm probably higher than you. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, just from knowing us, I would yeah. say I am. Yeah. So um, there's a reason why we have neuroticism, human beings, because otherwise it would have been genetically modified out of us already. Mm. And one of the reasons is that if we are zero on neuroticism, we might be completely fearless and therefore take too much risk in life and therefore die sooner than we otherwise would. So purely survival mechanism, we need some form of risk first, you know, being risk averse. And that comes with an emotion of, you know, you don't jump in front of a, a truck that's coming past because that scares you and that saves you from dying. So there is a there is a, 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 a reason why we have neuroticism. Um, it's still, I think, it's very nice to be low on it. It really is. I quite like it. But maybe it's not non-existent No, it's not. No, it's not non-existent. And I was going to say, I wouldn't know what it's like to be high on it, but I actually do know because I think I have, I have over time become much lower on neuroticism than I was in the past. Mm. So I do have actually another life to compare that with i suppose mm. uh, a few decades ago it was much higher on this yeah so anyway yeah so yeah well one of the key messages for me when i'm reading and studying this field is that we are not the victim of our emotions and it's very easy looking at coming back to the film inside out to feel that i'll be being ridden by our emotions i'm taken over by anger because yeah. i that's how i am mm. so we into this uh, learning enemy that we have talked about a long time ago, but, you know, the belief that I, I am my emotions mm. and that's that's not how it actually works. Yeah, I've heard a very, very, very smart trick, which I use myself and I talk about it also with others. Rather than saying, I am angry, I would say, I have anger inside me. And now I've de-identified, is that a word? not i'm not identifying with the emotion so i am angry means that i i am angry mm. right i am identifying with the emotion anger i have anger inside me or i feel anger inside me it's another object that i can observe from the eye yeah i feel i see i observe i sense anger in me so detaching from thoughts and emotions yeah. being at the observer's seat, which yeah. is what meditation is about. Yeah. Uh, well, one of the things meditation is about, it's quite interesting. Yeah, and this is so much easier to do if you have a m meditation practice. I mm. completely, uh, I, I mean, what I just said might seem to people difficult to do, but for me, this is actually a really cool practice, a very good way to, to deal with negative emotion in a different way and easier in a way. And, you know, it's difficult to get rid of something that you are compared to, I say, get rid of, I let go of, than something that is inside you. I have a sense of anger in my body, 
and I have learned from it where where it comes from, and I'm going to let go of it because it's a thing inside me which mm-hmm. can also can go away. It's not something I am. So I think that's quite nice. Yeah. But once nice you have trick. a, let's say you feel you've been, you're filled with an emotion that you want to neutralize. I learned that the the, the quickest way is a breath practice and a breathing instructor would probably do this much better than I do now. But if you just sit with your breath for a bit, just to become, you know, check in with your breath, just to make sure you're aware of your breath. And then the idea would be that you inhale deeply twice and then exhale very forcefully once. So if we start by just regulating the breath, just inhale and exhale. And you inhale, use your nose, and you exhale through the nose. And if we now inhale as much as you can once, and then you continue and inhale even more, and then you do a forceful out breath through the nose, you just take a normal breathing cycle, so just normal inhalation, exhalation. And then you do the same thing again. So you inhale as much as you can once and inhale as much as you can twice without exhaling in the middle and forcefully exhale. Mm. So you do this three times. I've learned that you then neutralize your nervous system. So you sort of control out the lead was the old mm. command for laptops. I uh, mm. don't think it is anymore. I'm not sure if, if that's okay. I think with, as with everything, you just try it yourself. The mm. fact that breath, breath work is helping, that I'm sure about. Mm. And there's enough evidence. Mm. Whether this is the exercise, I'm always a bit sort of hesitant mm. when you say there's one exercise that's better than ever. You know, try it for yourself. But breath work as to regulate your emotions, super cool, I think. Mm. So what else? Stoicism? You asked about yeah. it earlier. Yeah, stoicism and emotions. I, I have a whole book. I got it from you. Yeah. I think I mentioned it before, but I still... I, it, it just reminded me that I, why haven't I looked into it? Because I really want to. I've forgotten about it. So I'll, I'll make a note in my note-taking system to <laughs> pick that book up. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but um, what can you say? I think you you have studied Stoicism even more than I have. So wh- what what did you pick up? I, um, I got into it probably about five years ago when I was working quite a lot with emotions, 2018. Uh, I also did this inquiry course that might have been a year later. Inquiry being what we talked about just a little bit earlier. I read a few, quite a few books about it, and I got very excited about it because it is this philosophy developed by the Romans and Greek in uh, yeah before before Christ. Um, and I thought it was just so fascinating that there is this really interesting life philosophy and practical tools that were basically thought up more than two thousand years ago that are so relevant today. I thought it was brilliant, really. So what is Stoicism? Well, it's a philosophy for life. And the, the Stoics basically say, well, we, so what, they ask the question, what is the purpose of living? And the answer they give is, the purpose of living is to live a good life. And that word good can be defined in two ways. One is that we do good, so we are virtuous, they would call it. So we do it as much, we have as much positive impact in the world as we can. And the second is good life is also the way we may think about it. It's like, you know, have the good life, be happy, have lots of fun in life, pleasure and so on. The way they define it is the absence 
of negative emotions. So according to what we talk about in terms of negative emotions, they would have argued the absence of negative emotions leads to the good life. And then they come up with, you know, that that's really all there is about the, the well, you know, in a very uh, small nutshell, that's what the philosophy is about. And then the rest is all practical advice. So how can you lead a life of virtue and what they call tranquility, tranquility being the absence of negative emotions? Oh, hang on, but tranquility then being the absence of high intensity emotions. Um, that's, they don't talk like that. No, but if we... The way you understand what I was saying before. Yeah, yeah it could be. Yeah, could exactly. it be that? Yeah. High high intensity negative emotions. Only? Yeah. But they don't tranquility care about, They is... don't care about positive. They don't even mention positive emotions. Oh, okay. So it's about, so for example, you get insulted. So the example they give is like, it's so funny. You know, we are not seated at the top table at the wedding. And so we're pissed off with the hosts that we're not, you know, we're treated wrong. Our ego is is uh, affected. And so we're insulted. How do we deal with that problem so that we, you know, we let go of that negative emotion as quickly as possible? And um, that's, you know, that may sound like, okay, so then I just need to have little responsibility in my life. But the most famous Stoics of all was a Roman emperor, Marcus Aurelius. And so he did a lot of, he was a good emperor. He did a lot of good. He was probably the most powerful person in the world at the time. But at the same time, he was writing all this advice around how to limit our negative emotions. So yeah, so I, I've, I've learned and practiced with that quite a bit. And one of the things I do, for example, is I reflect on my day or a few days and I go, so what has happened? that could have been considered a stoic test. So, you know, I have to queue for 45 minutes to get a hire car. That, that is for me, that's, you know, I can't stand that as you know. So that's a test. So I can, I can turn that around and I can play with that. So that it becomes actually a positive thing. Like I am practicing patience or I am going to use this to meditate. And all of a sudden the negative emotion is gone. So it's like a practical turning it around into a stoic test. We've had so much fun with this, you know, get a flat tire and just laugh. Don't get angry. Don't get upset. Don't think about what you're missing out because you have to wait for the guy to come to fix it. No, just laugh. It's like, how funny is this? You know, we're being tested here. This, you know, and, you know, sitting there and just enjoying the hour, hour and a half that we're waiting for the person to come and fix our car. And, ah. Uh, you know, we're in nature that we otherwise wouldn't have been or, you know, so playing so that's with that. the reframe of the situation. I see the beauty of that and I still think the signaling system from an emotion that, which is about integrity or boundaries or it could be respect, not necessarily ego, but it's also about, you know, it's ethical to some extent that you get a bit of a signal from yourself and say, uh-uh, there's something here that's not quite right. And then you can say, well, it doesn't need to blow out as a full, you know, outburst of anger and t completely taking over your system. Maybe it doesn't need to go that far. But to still have that sense, it's just that it's like a feather rather than a big fire. So, for, yeah, so I think this, all, this whole philosophy is about the part two of what we talked about earlier. The part one is the learning from the negative emotion. And the part two is letting go of the negative emotion. And because that is not very easy, 
it's helpful to have some practical tools for that. And that's, I think, what stoicism is about. Mm. And I practice that quite, yeah, I think quite regularly. And perhaps that is why I'm, well, it's one of the reasons why, why, I'm, why I might find it easier to let go of negative emotions than, than most. But also, of course, my, my personality traits, being low on neuroticism might help here too. Mm. And I, when I say I help, you know, I like that in me, right? I like to have a limited amount of negative emotion because I prefer not to have too much negative emotion. Mm. Because then I'm happier.